we're family here, right? We, we use that language on purpose. We use words like house and family on purpose because God is our father and we're connected that way. We're, we're, uh, we're spiritual kinfolk, amen, or omi. I don't know however you want to spend that. But sometimes the family disagrees. You ever had a disagreement in your family before? Nobody? Praise God. One, thank you, brother. I saw that hand. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. Um, get back on track. You know what? But here's what you do. When families love each other and they disagree, do they say, you know what, forget you, I'm done, and stomp away, and they're done forever, and they never talk again. No. Families that love each other disagree, and they still love each other. Come on. Um, and, uh, and that's the thing with this family. Sometimes, you, you know what, you might disagree with, with your brother or sister or in Christ in this house, but we don't abandon each other to the world. We say, hey, I didn't like what you said, or I didn't like the way you did this thing, or I didn't like, you know, whatever. But we move on, and we love each other through it. Amen? That's what, that's what the family of Christ is supposed to do. And I just kind of, that was free. You don't, have to, you don't have to pay for that. So I want to do something tonight, and, and I'm going to be um, uh, kind of, uh, I, I don't want to say casual, but we're going to be kind of laid back tonight. I just want to kind of have a little discussion um, about vision, about goals. Um, have you ever had a, a, a good idea? Anybody ever thought they had a good idea and it turned out not to be a good idea? So you, you, you're, a lot of those hands stayed up. <laughs> um, I can remember this one time <clears throat> I was really trying to impress a guy that I looked up to. He was tough, and he always carried his big knife around. And I was like, dude, that guy's so tough. It was Chad Elder. I don't know if you guys remember Jamie and Chad, missionaries. We love to have Jamie and Chad when they're, when they're on this part of the world. In this part of the world, we like to have them come through. And um, this is, uh, I don't know if, it's, if, if we could still say this is kind of home base, but at a time, for a time, that this was kind of home base for them. And, uh, but Chad was um, his sister and brother-in-law were the youth pastors over at, at King's Corner. And so we would have youth here with uh, Jared's brother was the youth pastor. Um, and so we would, we would gather here on Wednesday night, and then some of us would go to King's Corner on Thursday night and hang out with their youth group. And um, so Chad was always there, and like I said, he's always, he always had like hiking boots on, and like tactical pants or like like he was carrying stuff you know and you just never knew and the dude like wore a hat in church and so it's like man this dude's rugged bro and um anyway uh we went camping with their youth group and i was in the tent and i thought i had an idea and now as a married man i know that whenever i get an idea i just run it by Brittany, and most of the time she says no don't do that and then, and that's that's how I survive my life. Um, but back then, I didn't, you know, I wasn't married. I was 16 years old, and um, I remember I was in the tent, and you know those poles. You, when you pull a tent, when you're putting a tent up, those poles they have like elastic, and you know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys know what I'm talking. About. Well, I was messing with those, and I thought, hey, this this pole has a rope inside of it. 
so I can pull one of these poles out and use the rope to secure all my stuff and Chad's stuff and the rest of the poles. Stupidest idea on the, in, in the history of mankind. And, and I was sitting there, and I, I got it all secured, and I thought, wow, that's really secure. And it was so secure that it was impossible to get it undone. It was, I had destroyed all that stuff. And so I was laying there in my sleeping bag, and Chad came in the tent kind of late, and um, he thought I was asleep, so he, you know, he was trying to be quiet, and, and I, it was, I didn't want to be awkward. Like, I, don't want him, I didn't want him to think that I woke him up, because I don't know about you guys, but my number one fear is waking somebody up. Like, I will not call you. Like, if your house is on fire, you're going to die because I'm not going to call you and wake you up. I'll have to hand the phone to somebody else. Be like, hey, call them. Their house is on fire because I'm scared to wake you up. And um, so I, it was weird. I didn't want him to think he woke me up. But So Chad, he got down, and he, he was messing with this stuff, and he said, oh, man. And I was like, what's he mean by that? And I heard him rustling around. He goes, who thought this was a good idea? And I was like, <laughs> you know, he says, somebody, he said, this is so stupid. And I was like, Jesus, help me. And um, so here's the thing. Sometimes you have a, you think you have a good idea and it's absolutely terrible. And so I would much rather have a God idea than a good idea. Can I say that again? I would much rather have a God idea than a good idea. Why? Because you know what? Even, even the best plans of man can fall apart. Man's wisdom is foolishness to God. Amen? So I would much rather lean on uh, Jesus than what I know. I would much rather... Uh, Lean over here, stay over here where God is. I'm not saying that God's right here in this area. God's all around. But I would rather stay in, in the grace of God than run over here and use my own talent and my own ability. Because church family, let me tell you something. You will fail. Eventually, you will fail. Whatever you're doing, I'm sorry, I'm trying to freak you out, but you're going to have failure. I had one of the greatest failures in my career two weeks ago one of the biggest mess-ups. What do you do when you fail? You own it, you adjust, you move on, and you'll be all right, hopefully. But the thing is, I had a plan that day. I had a big, nice plan, and I thought I communicated my plan well with my team. It fell apart. My talent wasn't enough. My ability wasn't enough. And so that's, that's kind of what we want to look at tonight. I'd rather have a God plan than a than a good plan, or I'd rather have a God idea than a quote-unquote good idea. <clears throat> so we're talking about vision, and uh, I want to I want to be interactive a little bit tonight. And so um, I think it's important to have goals. If you don't have goals, then it's really difficult to know where you're headed. Uh, if you're if you're, if you're a football fan, then you know all about goals because, hey, there's a goal that they're trying to get to. If you're LSU, you can't kick the ball through the goal, you know. Um, that one still hurts, guys. <laughs> and so I just want to do something. I'll give, you, I'll give you time to think. But I want to share. If you have a goal and you are brave enough to share, I, I want you to share. I want us to share. You have a goal. You can come up here. You just want to yell it out? Okay, you, you, you don't have to. 
Okay, that's a good biblical goal. Have a good, come on, somebody else, you got a goal, something that you are, that you, you just got a goal in your life right now. Come on. Come on, come on. Can we celebrate with them on that? That is a big goal. That is big. That's so good. I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud for you guys. Um, come on, this is good. This is good. You're smiling at me. <laughs> well, you, hey, hey, we, we, we all chipped in to pay for that, so <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Don't record this, Jared. <clears throat> come on, come on, anybody? Yes, ma'am. An in-ground pool? That goes with the kitchen. Yeah. If you want to know where Jason's house is, I'll tell you. So we can have some afterglows over there at the in-ground pool. And, uh, and uh, you got room, bro. Anyway. All right. Come on. Come on. This is good. This guy like this. I like this. Goals are important, church family. Come on. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Go back to school. That's good. That's good. Somebody else. Ooh, come on. Good stuff. Good stuff. Zach Harris, what's the goal you have? What did he say? That's a good goal. <laughs> that's a good goal. Make the A B on roll? Hey, that's a great goal, brother. That is a great goal. So listen, here's what happens when we don't have goals. We lose track of where we're going. We lose momentum. When you are, uh, I, I don't, when I'm driving, <clears throat> maybe we're on vacation or we're on a little road trip or something, when I start to get tired, I'm not, I'm not much for road trips, but when I begin to get tired, I will look at this phone and I will look at my GPS and see how much time, what is my estimated time of arrival. And I'm, I'm thinking about that goal. I'm thinking about getting out of this stinking car. Come on. When we lose, when we forget about goals, we lose vision. We've got to have vision. Vision's important. Come on. We're not talking about what you can see with your eyes. We're talking about what you can see with your heart. Proverbs 29 <clears throat> says, um, talking about vision, it says, when there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. You see, vision <clears throat> is like a goal. Vision is the result we want to achieve. Think about where every guy in the room follows instructions when you put anything together, right? Come on, where are my husband, like, where, where are the dudes at? Come on, I know y'all. No, let me tell you, let me tell you what I did. Let me tell you what I did. Let me tell you what I did, church family. Come on, hey, hey, so I have three wonderful, beautiful children. And when we had Piper, or no, it was Jonah, um, we were putting together this crib. Y'all are going to judge me so hard for this. 
Judge not, lest ye be judged by this. What verse? Okay. <laughs> I did not listen to the instructions. I did not read the instructions, nor did I listen to the instructions from my better half. And so something that happens when you don't uh, go by the directions, when you don't buy, go by the instructions, the vision is the picture that's on the box. And a lot of times what we'll do, uh, I, I'm just speaking for the dudes in the house, we'll look at that picture and we'll be like, oh, I got that. I know how to do that. Stinking pool. Oh, my goodness. And so I'm looking, I'm, yeah, I can put that together. No problem. It's got four sides. thing goes on the bottom. Psh, I got this, man. Come on. And so all of a sudden, when you're done, you look down and you've got 46 screws left. Obviously, those are extra, Austin. <laughs> those were for people that aren't as good at putting things together as I am. In case they need extra because they're a doofus and they lose things. That's not really what they're for, y'all. And so... So my son, oh, here's the, here's the part you're going to judge me. That's why I'm coming back up here. So we put his crib together, and I thought, wow, this looks great. I'm so excited. Put my little baby boy in there. And then I noticed the front was kind of wiggly. And I thought, well, that's strange that that does that. And I kept trying to fix it, and I kept trying to fix it. And if you ask Brother Doughton about me fixing things, he'll just shake his head. <laughs> because there is no me fixing things. And so I thought about this, and I said, I can do this. And so I took all the screws, and I put them in a box. And I got some zip ties. <laughs> and there's no better sound, that sound that zip ties make. And I put the zip, perfect, perfect. Perfect. And I said, Brittany, come and look what your man has done. And I was looking at my beautiful wife and I thought, man, God bless her with a good man. I said, girl, I fixed it. Y'all, here's the thing. That was obviously not correct. And so we had to fix that because Jonah got big enough where he could push on that thing and those zip ties were going to come off and it wasn't safe. So we, we fixed it. But, and... And then, and then Chastity came and put Juju's crib together. So, <laughs> Okay, we, we don't have to tell everything we know. You ain't got to tell everything you know about Pastor. Listen, so here's the thing, church family. When we get off the instructions, when we get off the, the vision, and, and we can mess up so bad. And so how, say, Pastor, how do I get in? How do I get this vision? How do I get vision for what God has taken me, for what God wants to do in my life? And I just want to give you three pointers. <clears throat> I believe that godly people should lean into vision. I think that vision is something we should, we should use that term. I don't think that's something that pastor needs to come up with for you. I don't think that um, you need to come to church on Sunday morning and be like, hey, man, let me give you a vision for your life this year. Let me give you a vision for your marriage this year. Because, listen, I may say the right thing, but what if I don't? And I'm not trying to discredit myself, but that's something that you need to talk to your father about. 
That's something that if you're married, you need to, with your spouse, communicate to Jesus about. Is, the, is godly vision for your household, okay? Don't let me be responsible for that because I will fail you on that, all right? That's something you need to be communicating with Jesus about yourself. So, but here, here are three quick tips if we want to lean into vision, we want to have that vision for uh, our relationship, our household, our kids. Come on, you can have a vision for your kids as they grow up. You can have a goal for them spiritually. Ultimately, our kids are going to make their own decisions. But my goodness, you're not going to stop me from doing my absolute best to raise a child that follows Jesus with everything they've got. So the first thing is seek God's purpose. Seek God's purpose for vision. Seek God's purpose for vision. To gain that vision. To gain that goal. Seek God's purpose for you. What is my purpose? What is my purpose? That's a question that people ask. And they wonder. And they seek. And they you know, look up at the stars. Why am I here? What am I here? Listen, I think that you can make it very simple. God created us for fellowship with him. God created us for fellowship with him. And so what do we do? We want to get, God, say, Pastor, I want to just, I want to have that outlook where I'm just seeking God and seeking uh, a vision for what I want to do with my life or what he wants me to do or what my, you know, get close, get close. You know, we talked about that this morning. You want to see something, get close to it. We took Jonah, it's always Jonah. It's always Jonah. We took my kids to the zoo. And um, I remember I was standing. I'm a rule follower when it comes to public places. Okay, because I don't want to die, especially at a zoo. And so, and I'm standing way back. And I, and I hear somebody go, ah! and I look. And my kids are going up under the ropes to get close to the animals. Because they, Daddy, I want to see the animals. And I'm like, dude, the animals finna eat you, okay? I want to get close. And so we want to see uh, a greater purpose in life, a greater vision of where we want to get to. Get close. The best way that I have found to get close to Jesus is start turning off some things. Start making, start creating some quiet places. What does that mean? Does that mean turn off the music, turn off the... I think what it means is turn off the influence. Just stop. Just have a moment where you can just focus. Maybe you're reading the Word. Maybe you're praying. You might be driving down the road listening to some worship music. Just focus in and listen to that voice. The second thing, um, spiritual vision comes from being in God's presence. We understand... Your Holy Spirit is the presence of God, that comforter, that peace bringer. And I think that's something that we can do. We want to have a greater understanding. Seek that. Seek that presence. I'm so thankful that I've grown up in this Pentecostal movement. And people freak out sometimes. You say that P word. Well, here's the thing. We're not afraid to say the, Pente the, the Pentecost word at Community Church. 
This is a Pentecostal church. We believe in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Come on, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in tongues and interpretation in this house. We, not only do we believe in those things, but we seek those things in this place. And I think if you haven't sought after those things, you should. We want that. We want that closeness. Again, we're talking more about closeness, being close. We want to be in the presence of of God. So there may be adjustments that you have to make. You say, man, I can't see it quite. Uh, I have some binoculars that the kids love to play with, but they never get it right on the first try. They'll pick it up and say, daddy, these are broken. <laughs> and I was like, well, let me see. Let me see. And you get them and you got to just, you got to adjust it just right. And, and the, the blurry picture becomes clear. And see, here's the thing, church family. I think that there are sometimes when we feel like, man, I just don't feel God's presence in my life. You know, maybe I used to pray in the spirit. I used to uh, jump up and go to the front when I saw my friend. Come on, that's powerful, by the way. When you've got a friend that's praying at the altar and you go down there with them, don't wait for pastor to do it. Don't wait for pastor Jason. Don't wait for Jennifer. Don't wait for pastor Daphne. If you see a friend down here, come stand with them. Nobody's going to be like, hey, excuse me. Excuse me, they're praying. No, we're not going to do that here, okay? <laughs> we're not going to do that here. And uh, I think that maybe you say, hey, I, I used to do those things. I used to pray in the Spirit, and, and I haven't been. Maybe it's time to make some adjustments. Maybe there are things that you have let creep in, maybe language that you've entertained, maybe uh, things that, you know, I don't know, attitudes that you've held in your heart. And maybe it's time to make some adjustments. If we're not, if we're saying, God, I, I just don't, I don't know what God wants me to do. And, I, and I'm just kind of clouded and I'm just kind of hopeless. Maybe it's time to make some adjustments. We want to see that vision. Uh, we want to uh, get close to God. The third thing, and I love this one. Spiritual vision comes when we believe God's promise. How many of you believe God's promises? Everybody in the room, right? How many of you act like it 100% of the time? Whoops. Whoops. Y'all, act like you believe it. I think that sometimes we get so freaked out with things that we act like God, God doesn't have this. God doesn't have this under control. And we lose sight. We lose sight of that goal. We lose sight of the vision that God has given us for our life, for our household, for our kids, for our community. I just, let me give you a little bit of transparency here. I don't, I don't mind. I don't think that, I don't want you to view me as some kind of indestructible, super Christian, because I'm not. You know, I'm your pastor. I love you. I love being your pastor. It's a super fun gig. <laughs> it's a super fun job. And I'm, it's just a rapture drill. Don't worry. It's just a rapture drill. Listen. <laughs> but there was a time, not just not long ago, where I got really discouraged because there were just some things going on, and, and I had gotten discouraged in, in a few different areas. And I kind of lost sight of the promise. And I kind of had a little faith crisis. And don't, you know, don't, don't leave the church because pastor said he had a faith crisis. I'm not saying I don't believe in Jesus. What I'm saying is I got in a moment where I could just kind of started having a pity party. Is it okay? 
that okay? Listen, I started having a little pity party. And then God spoke so directly to me on a Sunday morning. We were up here worshiping, and God just spoke so directly. And he said, have I messed, have I failed you before? Have I forgotten you before? Have any of my promises ever, ever failed? Am I not trustworthy? And I thought, wow, God, I just repent. I repent. Church family, you have to trust in the promises of God. You have to trust in the word of God. Trust that he's good. Trust that he's got this. Or those goals, that vision goes away. It falls to pieces because he's the one that brings us to it. He's the one that brings us through it. He's the one that we place our faith in. So if we begin to lose trust, it all starts to fall apart. So what do we do? What do we do? I think that if Satan realizes that we're freaked out, maybe we got upset, maybe a, a brother or sister Christian said something to us and it hurt our feelings, Satan sees that. And I think that's he, he knows to attack right then. When we're down and discouraged, so what do you do? I remember this wisdom that Paul wrote, in my weakness, his strength is made complete. And so when you have a moment and you say, man, I just, I, today sucks. I think what you do is you say, you know what? It's okay that I'm having a bad day. It's okay that my attitude kind of stinks right now. As long as I remember that God is still good and then I can lean into him, and I can just fall back. I love that, y'all. I love that, that uh, <clears throat> with Jesus, when he talks about praying, when he teaches us about praying the Lord's Prayer, he uses the word Abba. Come on, and we talked about this on Sunday morning. That is such a, that, that word, it just means protector. And when you remember that, that God is your protector, that God is your provider, that he's your defender, that he gives you purpose, that he gives you identity, then when the world says things to you, when the world whispers these evil things, oh, the promises of God are, are not yes and amen. The promises of God will fail you. No, my faith won't be shaken because I stand on that word because I know that he's good. And the goal those clouds try to get in the way of that goal, that vision that you've got, where you want to be, where you want God to take you, clears up when you stand on the word of God, when you stand on the promises of God. So remember that. Remember that. We've had a little fun tonight. Worship was so good tonight. Worship team, I thank you again for leading us. Um, goals are important, especially young people. All you young people that, that said, hey, I have a goal, that's an honorable thing. That is an honorable thing. And don't you let anybody talk to you and say, well, that's silly. People want to come in with apathy and a bad attitude. No, man, push through all that stuff because God is a God of growth. Amen. He is a, not only is he a life-giving God, but he's a life-sustaining God. Amen.
And so would you stand with me? And I just want to pray a blessing over you as we get ready to leave this place. Thank you again for hanging out two times on a Sunday.